0: Hey there, amplifiers. Thanks for tuning in. You know what's really cool is when someone actually takes the knowledge and expertise and they take some good advice about niching and then they do it and they crush it. And our guest today is an example of someone who did just that. And not only has he done it for himself, he's also helping hundreds of people across the country, maybe maybe even around the world, really transform their business, 10X it, and take it to a completely different level because there is riches in the niches. So I'd like to welcome to Growth Amplifiers. He's a CPA. He's the founder of Dope CFO, Andrew Hunziker. Andrew, thanks for being with us today.
1: All right, um, I'm very glad to be here.
0: <laughs> no, um, it's really cool to have you on the show to see what you've been able to create, and I'd love to hear the backstory of how you got to be where you're at now. If we could take just a few min- moments just to catch people up to say, how did this cool thing called dope CFO, which is dope, by the way, how did yeah, it get to be come into existence?
1: And, and dope's a cool word because it does mean cannabis, but it also means cool for the kids will tell you or, or cool and fun. And, and, um, so it, it is a good name. So my I'm, if you notice my accent, I'm from Oklahoma. I live in Oregon now, but um, I spent most of my career down there. I was in Big Four and Price Waterhouse. I was Audit Manager in the 90s. Um, from 2000, 2010, I was CFO of a you know, series of entities that was worth in the hundreds of millions with 200 employees. And so that was a 10-year um, position. And then 2010, me and my boss of a, a company, we co-founded in the midst of that, we sold to Chesapeake Energy. And when that happened, I moved to Oregon um, where I was vacationing, Bend, Oregon and kind of semi-retired and did fractional CFO work. So I was, I was just. Kind of get getting into it. I moved here, didn't know anybody, had no connections or network or anything. Um, turns out the high tech community is pretty big in Bend, Oregon. Um, a lot of transplants from Silicon Valley here, um, vacationing here basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an easy flight from San Francisco. so I kind of got in that involved in that neck of the woods. But really, if you go back decades, especially in the accounting world, and whether you're talking bookkeeping accounting tax cpas national firms regional firms small firms most people you know even back in the 90s we didn't have the internet even we we serve clients kind of like doctors do in our Mm -hmm. neighborhood down the street we drove over there and we and we could only serve people locally and so the whole idea of niche niching did not work that well but when i got out here in oregon the same deal i moved to bend oregon there's only eighty thousand people here i was like what am i going to do and i was looking around my neighborhood Um i took a program i invested in myself it was a market i was like how do i find clients i want to have some clients and i took one of these programs and the guy told me he's like andrew you should pick a, a niche and um become an expert and i was like I've never thought about that before. In fact, I've done the opposite. I would go and tell any client, I'd brag, and say, I've dealt, I've worked with nonprofits and oil and gas and retail. I don't care what it is. I'll I'll do anything I'll do for anything. Anyone.
0: Yes, I'll yeah. be everything to everyone. Everyone to everyone. And master of none, right?
1: But it was, and really the thousands of dollars I paid that person, I tell people still today, I was like, everything else in his program. I knew already it was a waste of time, but it was worth $7,000, which is what I think I paid him. Um, just for that, because it never crossed my mind. I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept. <laughs> um, pick a niche. And, and sure enough, it's not only easier to get good clients, it's easier to serve them. You're doing the same thing for everybody, which means your stress levels lower. You get rid of imposter syndrome instantly.
0: You can start... finding getting deeper into their challenges getting deep into things that are working you start buzz goes around more people start knowing you for this you start attracting more people it's just really a win-win-win and i know this is something i'm an advocate for um the common thing that i hear is it's you know fear prevents us because it's it's a little bit of um I don't know, it, it seems like it might cut off opportunity if you're like, oh no, I'm only gonna do this. So it seems like it's gonna be cutting off so much opportunity because you could be doing all these other things. But as you just pointed out, it actually creates more opportunity. It elevates what you're able to to provide. And it yeah. really is is transformational. You you had shared something with me prior to getting on this call about kind of like that that top top shelf approach um and that's something that i i can see it from how you're positioning yourself i can see it from i've talked to a a few other dope cfo um (laughs) guides who who really know their stuff who are really focused who are who are driving results can you share a little bit more about that yeah how that comes into play
1: so again speaking to this niche of accountants and bookkeepers etc um if you and, and a prelude to top shelf product is make sure the most biggest mistake I see is people picking the wrong niche. Mm. You can, if you pick, say, hair salons or I don't know, whatever, nonprofits, then you're like, wait a minute, Andrew, you told me to pick a niche to become an expert. Yeah, you don't want to pick and pick the wrong niche and bit, bat your head against the wall for two years and find out, oh, it's overserved or the average mom and pop is is not multi million. So here's a great example because I get this one a lot, Andrew. I picked realtors and brokers. Well, and then I, I flip back to them. Did you know that 84% of realtors and brokers are out of business within two years? And so you don't want your target market to be 84% of people going bankrupt and then another 10% probably make hundred grand or less and if they make a hundred grand how much can they pay you a thousand two thousand you we need clients in the multi-millions so you need a very rapidly growing niche you need some a niche that has lots and lots of startups in it whether tight tech or cannabis or medical equipment there's got to be a lot of startups and so get that piece right before you that's step one then we'll then we'll get into delivering a top shelf product and so in the accounting world that starts with really what we call rock solid it's the foundation accounting and bookkeeping and not just oh i enter transactions no we go back at the end of the month and we do what we call tick marks and ties we build a permanent audit trail so the books and records are always audit ready so any high growth company in any good niche is going to be dealing with lenders investors capital and the irs will be coming after them we simply have to have them ready um we call it exit ready on from day one all the way through exit and so that's that's the start of delivering that top shelf product and um, when i say that word and in other industries i'm thinking of again i mentioned rolex or four seasons or lamborghini or you know maybe even tesla when, when you instantly think oh that's the top product we want to be delivering that because first and foremost the three million accountants in the U.S., ninety-nine percent of them are not delivering that. <laughs> they're not giving a top-shelf product. They're they're having tons and tons of clients, and they're delivering very quick bookkeeping with with no deeper dive, no CFO services. Um, so they're delivering that that at a pretty pretty low level um, right now. So we we think it's low-hanging fruit.
0: Low-hanging fruit, and and you know what? Another thing that blocks people there's there's the one like I'm going to be cutting off all the the options, right? Yeah. And but it's it's counterintuitive. No, you actually, when you focus, you have a a more niche focus. You're going to create more opportunity. The other thing is, how can I charge so much? How can how's that even possible? The people that I have now, I'm not even charging that much, and the people I have now, they're not even uh, wanting to pay for that. And you just mentioned something. You just mentioned something. Ooh. When you're servicing high tier clients. They can afford it. They can appreciate it. And the transformation that you provide to them is critical. It's it's um, a yeah. small little nudge to a uh, high-tier company can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. To that small mom and pop, like you said, they just you might be providing a lot of value, but they just might not have the revenue to afford the value that you provide.
1: Yeah, That's it's a... A great point you make. And so, yeah, maybe all of us want a Lamborghini, but if I try to sell you a Lamborghini and you don't have a half million extra dollars just laying around with nothing to do, you may not be able to buy it. So so we don't want to focus a lot of our marketing efforts on, yeah, like, oh, I, I took this marketing program. And they told me I just need to offer you this 8,000 a month package. Well, if if your revenues are 9,000 a month, you're not going to be paying me eight grand a month. That doesn't The math doesn't work. And we're supposed to be good at math. So we want to make sure, yeah, we have companies that a company making 10 million that's trying to get to 20 million in sales over the next three years, they can easily pay four or 500 grand a year in accounting CFO and deep dive services. So again, we're not, Again, what most people do in the accounting world when they go on their own, they pick the lowest priced services. They either do bookkeeping or tax returns. Those two services are commodities that people are pricing below ten bucks an hour. Often, so that's and, not where the money is.
0: <laughs> and right now, if you haven't been seeing it, the AI is changing. Yes, yeah. for okay. a lot of people. I just had a client of mine who who had lost. Within the past week, two clients, not going to name any names here, to AI, a multi-million dollar company starting to the same AI within a week, which sounds like two, but it's like get ready for the wave. Yeah, uh, you don't want to be yeah. in a commoditized business where you can easily be replaced by automation. And if you're providing higher tiered, more uh, focused service, more expertise and knowledge, it's it's a different world. You're not in that same bucket. Um, one more point. Uh, think about it. If you're if you're tuning in, when when people who get top shelf service go to a a top shelf restaurant or or hotel or whatever, they ask for what they want. They get a price. They typically will just pay it. They're not haggling over pricing. Yeah. They they have the money to afford it, but the the squeaky wheel are the ones who are at the, the discount market complaining about how much it costs for the extra um, little perk that they're trying to get. So long story short, more fluid clients tend to be able to afford it and they tend to be able to work with you easier. So just wanted to share that that point
1: yeah and it's a deeper dive of, of service and to deliver that product so if, if you have three clients paying you 200 grand a year each you're making 600 grand you don't need 10 20 clients you might need only two clients. Um, you can so you, and then if you only have two or three clients, what does that mean? You can go way, way deeper with them every single week. You're not doing what everyone else is doing, including the big national firms, dipping in quickly once a month or whatever. Or you know, if you send an email to anybody at a national firm, and I know this because I deal with all the national firms right now. If you hear back from them, if you get a response within a week, you're doing really good. And CEOs of these rapidly growing companies need a lot more than a response for, to an email once a week. Um, so, again, that's kind of low-hanging fruit as well. And I say you don't need any letters behind your name to um, deliver great service. Um, and so more low-hanging fruit. Do we? And, by the way, we all deal with this. Think about it the airlines if you want to change your ticket or you want to say you're not happy with facebook or google or apple or whatever and you want help like i had i got a new apple computer and something wasn't working it's like who do i call who do i how do i get help when i need it or or we all we're accountants good luck trying to call the irs and getting help or whatever, so we're we're all used to dealing with this um, or you you call whatever the software that you're dealing with, and they send you to someone in India and you can't communicate very well, so it's it's we're all craving better, better service um, than we're getting whatever it is
0: top top shelf
1: well, I call White it, glove. I call it TSP top shelf product. So I'm going to give you a Lamborghini, but I'm going to deliver it to you with top, with white glove service. So white glove services. So for example, mm-hmm. I've got a Honda CRV, the newest, latest, greatest. My wife has got a Mercedes that costs twice as much as my car. And if you looked at them side by side in our garage, they look and they not only look, they drive, feel, they do all. They have all the same bells and whistles and leather. They look the same. But, one of them's, but when my wife goes into Mercedes, they treat her like, you know, the king of England or whatever. And they're giving her, I mean, sometimes it's just easy, stupid things. The Mercedes dealer, you know, at, at the Honda dealer, they got a peanut tray. At the Mercedes dealer, they've got 12 different candies and four different kinds of lattes or whatever. So, it's, it's again, it's just treating you with that and people will pay for it. They want to have that, that level of product delivered with that great service.
0: I think that's a, a great point. Uh, so, it's how you're showing up. It's how you communicate who you are as a person. You put out that frequency, people become knowing you for it. You're going to start attracting those opportunities. So, question for you, my friend. For those people that have been doing things a certain way for a long time, it's just that's <laughs> how they started to do things. Yeah. What can they start doing to start changing that? I've, I've learned some things about mental fitness. I've been trying to help people break through mindset blocks. Usually that's what I found being the biggest barrier is they have habits and beliefs that have them acting and, and behaving in a certain way. And they need to, they need to be able to shift that in order to start acting, behaving in a different way to get a different result. How can you start that process? What what have you seen that works?
1: Well, yeah, we and I say a lot of these things are real simple. So if you're a service provider, it doesn't matter if you're a plumber or an accountant. Again, delivering that that great product with good service, what what happens if you do that to one client? They're a happy customer. And when once you have a happy customer, that's going to be all you need to grow your business. And so that's super simple. Now, the good news for us, so I've had many businesses, you know, we raised when we launched Forest Drilling in 2006, we raised 40 million dollars on day one, and then we had to borrow 30 million to build seven drilling rigs that cost 78 million dollars or something like that. So, I we've raised a lot of money. Or my wife opened a dishware and bedding store in Bend, Oregon, in 2014. Good gracious, I thought it was going to be cheap, and we had to buy 200 grand of inventory and fixed assets, and then we needed to hire laborers, and we had to pay rent and all this, this stuff. The good news again if we're an accountant we need a laptop and a phone i tell people you've already got it mm-hmm. you have a zoom excel google your laptop your phone you don't need accounting software we make the clients pay for that you've got that you have one asset that you need to invest in that is you yourself and you and so we want to invest in ourselves. Two things, time and money. Every single week, every single month, every single year. Sometimes the investment is cheap. I'm gonna to listen to a podcast, or I'm gonna follow someone on Twitter, or I'm gonna to go to Barnes and Noble and buy a book. By the way, I just read the book four thousand weeks, um, finished yesterday. It's excellent. Um, um, I would highly recommend that. But so I and by the way, I practice what I preach. So we call it a VIP balloon in your niche. You're a valuable expert, you're an instructor. And instructing can sometimes be doing this. I'm instructing right now. Just I'm sitting in my house on a, mm-hmm. on a podcast. Maybe I'm instructing at a luncheon with two people at my table, or maybe I'm standing on a stage and then participate I get involved in the niche. I volunteer time. I help social equity applicants. I get back. I'm part of the AICPA conference. And so I call it a balloon and that it just is where it is. If my balloon's teeny, I want that balloon to get bigger until the day I retire. It's never going to stop. And I'm going to be whether, it's and there's no like, Oh, I've got to do all these things first. It's just do what you can. If you're build that expertise and always be looking for your weakness. So if, just like when you're weight training if you're if you're really good on accounting but you're scared to market and go talk to people maybe take a marketing program maybe you're bad on time management or organization which is huge in can in accounting if you're unorganized get take a program or read a book or whatever it is to get more organized and so you start you just always focus on your weaknesses and you slowly get bigger, better, and, and greater. And to me, it's the good news. We don't have to buy buildings or assets or inventory. I think
0: that's number one. That's really <laughs> awesome. Number two, I'm noticing something about your persona that's different from maybe the average accountant bookkeeper. And it's um, it's just you have a, a natural flow about you. You have an, an energy about you. Um, and I've I've connected not with everyone. I'm not trying to make black or Mm -hmm. white um, associations here, but it's common for a bookkeeper and accountant to be a bit more reserved, a bit more introverted. And I know when I was a a young boy growing up, I was very shy myself. I grew up, I lost that shyness because I played in bands, I played music, but I hadn't developed communication skills. And to your point, I went to Toastmasters, went through Toastmasters to develop communication in leadership skills, which then got me into professional speaking, going to the National Speakers Association, long story short. Um, that is in exactly what you're saying, getting people to identify where are my strengths and where are those bottlenecks that are holding me back that I might need to put some attention on. So if, if communication is someone's challenge, then you don't have to be an outroverted person you can be an introvert. I just read the yeah. introvert's edge. You can be an introvert, but practicing those communication skills so that you can be more effective when you're having those conversations.
1: Well, yeah, and that's great. And by the way, so I don't know, I talked to maybe 15 or 20 accountants a week on the phone and, mm-hmm. and I still, I don't outsource to sales teams. I want to talk and know people because people come in my community. I want world-class people. Um, And i've done this for years so i think i've talked to five or six thousand accountants and bookkeepers and you're right most of them tell me they're introverts most of them tell me they hate sales and marketing that's their weak point they're really good on accounting but they just want to sit in their home but so yes exactly that we want to patch our balloon up so first and foremost if we can learn more education or skills whether it's a podcast or going to a three-day live event Tony Robbins or whatever, we're going to con- constantly do those in the education side. We're going to f- keep accumulating tools that we can use. So like in our program, we have over a hundred tools that can provide world-class CFO services. And then the other piece is, and this you reminded me of this, community. So, like in our community, say in Dope CFO, there's five hundred of us. Say say you're a bookkeeper. I'm thinking the one guy, Nick, he came in recently, he's in Florida. He's like, I'm a bookkeeper. My accounting skills are, I'm not a CPA. You know, I've only taken a couple of accounting classes, but I am a world-class marketer. I know everybody I'm going to get, I go to all these events and he immediately well, as I, was like, great, Nick, you can go in, you, you don't always just have to improve your, you can improve your accounting, but you can also say, which he did. Hey, Danny, you're also in Miami. You're a CPA and a rockstar accountant, but you don't really have the time or the energy for marketing. I'm going to go pull in some clients and we'll share the, we'll work together so I can say we do this and we do that. And so you can sometimes patch your leaks. Um, by well, by pairing with somebody else. So sometimes it's not only yes you want to keep getting better, but in the meantime, if you find if you're really weak in marketing and you find someone who's great, great in marketing, you're a perfect match.
0: <laughs> hey there, this is Kenny from Growth Amplifiers, here to ensure you get your awesome ideas into action to grow and improve your business and achieve your full potential. Take the first step by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the start here button. Take the assessment to get your personalized score. Then select from free resources to learn how to improve your score. Don't wait. Be proactive and take action now by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. And always keep on amplifying. Now, let's get back to the show. One of the the things that we believe in at Growth Amplifiers, uh, because we help people with optimizing their marketing and sales, and a lot of times people have that bad experience about sales. They're like, I'm not good at sales. I, I don't mm-hmm. like sales because they have an an understanding of what they believe sales to be. But in most cases, they had a bad sale experience, sales experience when someone else was trying to push their agenda on whoever they were talking to, probably on that person. And so if if you've had an experience where people are pushing you away and you're like, I don't like doing that. I don't want to be a pusher. You don't need to be a pusher. You simply need to communicate the value that you provide. Hey, you have something you want. I have something that can help get you what you want. If you'd like help getting where you wanna go, let's have a conversation. There doesn't need to be a sales uh, pushing agenda. It's, no, you don't I, I... have to be a salesperson. It's about building the relationship and clearly articulating that the transformation that you provide from where someone's at now to where they want to go.
1: And if you do that right again with the top shelf product, the beauty of that is if you're a Lamborghini or whatever, you don't have to be like, I can't remember seeing a Lamborghini ad, but I know they're doing fine. Yeah. And People <laughs> will come to you and be like, yeah, you're doing the best. The customers say it. You don't need to sell anything. So we don't do that in our program either. We're like, look, here's what we offer. We know. So the dope CFO product we know is, is the best. There's nothing that touches it. And so it's like, I'm not going to sell you anything. Here's what it is. Do you want it? Here's the the price for it. And um, if you don't want it, fine, we'll wish you well. We, we put out a ton of free content as well. Now, most people, I see this all the time on LinkedIn and I see it done even by marketing experts and I'm not a marketing expert and they just LinkedIn is the classic place. I, I get, I don't know, 15 connection requests a day. I get, tw- and almost all of them just immediately. It's like, you know, it's like skipping first, second, and third base with your f- future wife and like meeting somebody like, Oh, you know, the first message is, Hey, I do this. I want to sell you this before we've ever even talked whatever. And I'm like, that's not how you market. That's um, the worst way to market my, my possible um, ideas.
0: Yeah. That's, that is hunting. The thing is, It can work a very small percentage of the time so that you just might have happen to find that one person that has that need and then you're going to be like, it works. Let's continue being an ass. Yeah, I'm telling you now, that is skipping stages. That is not thinking about helping others. It's pushing an agenda. It pushes people away. So if you're listening now and you're out there trying to push your stuff on people like that, Please stop! You're making it harder for the rest of us to build relationships because yeah, people and- will tune us out. Right. right.
1: And when I used to do, you know, I've already done a sales call this morning when someone calls me or we do do a call, I used to be like, I got to tell them all these things that we have in our program. Now our sales calls are super simple. I make sure they're qualified. like, are you a real accountant? You got a degree or whatever it is. Um, And if you're an accountant in a one person firm, I say, look, after the call, I've made what I call a sneak peek video that shows you our program, the inside of it, the pricing, all the bells and whistles. So I'm not going to waste your time with that i'm just going to simply answer any questions you have and after the call i know you'll get an email where you can vet me in the program all you want um and then i can just sit there and learn about you and ask questions and i have zero agenda to tell you i'm just going to answer whatever you ask me <laughs> and help you if i can along the way
0: i'm going to be a, a, a concierge i'm going to be a consultant and, and guide you to what's best for you based on where you're at uh, i love it i love your approach. Um, Andrew, I love what you've created. Um, so, so for those who are interested and are like, man, this guy really knows his stuff. I'm kind of curious <laughs> to know what, what opportunities he has, where, where could they go and what's something that they should or could do?
1: Well, go DopeCFO.com is the probably the easiest way to find us. Or you can email me at Andrew at DopeCFO.com. We're easy, easy to find on social media or Instagram. We have a podcast as well on YouTube um, that has mostly it's me interviewing my students in the program. Um, so that's um, a, a good place. I teach at the AICPA. So if you're a CPA and want to learn about cannabis, come to Boston this summer. I'll be there um, speaking at that. And then, um, yeah, just reach out and find us. We also help. Um, if cannabis is not your niche, we, we, have another program on that, um, and then we we actually just launched this thing behind me, Delp CFO Certified Advisor is actually a national franchise. Um, it's just we only launched six months ago, so it's very very small. Um, that's we're being extremely selective on who comes into that um, piece of the program, but it's it's been something new and fun where we're we're hoping to work very very closely with an accountant for say 20 years instead of. Come into my program, get a little training, and go into my Facebook group. That that's a a for people that wanted a much deeper dive, um, and it's actually like a real franchise, like a McDonald's or whatever, <laughs> whatever you, you think of when you think of franchises.
0: You just mentioned something. Um, I want to make sure to pick it up, pick up on it, because some people will think "dope CFO" is dope, and yeah. some people may say, "Hmm, maybe that's not my bag." But boom, <laughs> if yeah. you you mentioned if if people had interest in other industries. Could you, could you share a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, we have a program called CFO bookkeeper, which is basically for accountants that want to add CFO level services in any industry. I've been a successful CFO and founder for almost 30 years now. And so I and I've dealt with just gazillions of startups. And so I know how to add value on the CFO side. Um, and it kind of annoyed me. I know there's, I don't know, 10 or 15 CFO programs out there. And most of them are taught by people that guess what? have never been a CFO. And I'm just like, this is shocking to me. (laughs) Or maybe someone had a very short term CFO gig and they were like, Oh, I'm going to go teach everybody. And so, so I like to, um, to teach on that side too. But that's real. I'm almost 60. And so I'm going to, my next 10 years, I'll I'll work as long as I can work because I got to do something, but I'll, I'm moving more and more into teaching and mentorship because I just love it. It's fun. Um, And I get to travel, which I like, and um, it's just a a very fun, fun industry for me to be in.
0: That is super awesome. So one of the traditions we have here in, in Growth Amplifiers is is you've been sharing a lot of great information. We've had a good conversation. Um, But just as a closing thought, what's something that you've learned on your journey that might be helpful for others who are on theirs? Uh, It could be related to your industry. It could be completely just anything in life. Just something that you've learned that might be helpful for others on theirs.
1: Okay, well, just read a lot of books for one. I was just going to read something here um, because I read this morning. I finished the um this is from the the book four thousand weeks the this is the, actually the last paragraph but let me just read this just take a second okay um, it, it's really good and this i think we missed it it's the opposite of what we see on social media all the time it's and hopefully this will help somebody i posted this and got a lot of a lot of content or feedback the average life human lifespan is absurdly terrifyingly insultingly short but that is not reason for unremitting despair or for having a living an anxiety fueled panic about making the most of your limited time it's actually cause for relief you get to give up on something that was always impossible and what is that the quest to become the optimized infinitely capable emotionally invincible fully independent person you're officially supposed to be then you get to roll up your sleeves and go to work on what's gloriously possible so it's it's just that thought of look life is short it's hard you don't have to be perfect you don't have to conquer the world just do your best and focus on the next step we talk about that what's the next right step and that's all we need to focus on Don't let yourself get overwhelmed. Like I've got to do more, be a better husband and father and CEO and all that stuff. Just guess what? In a hundred years, nobody's going to remember any of us. (laughs) So so we might as well just do the best while we're here. So
0: thank you very much, Andrew, for sharing with our community. We do appreciate you, what you've created. Uh, If you're an amplifier, that is, that is the ultimate message you want. You bring, come in bold, come in with that amplified vision, But don't get overwhelmed. Just take it one step at a time. Keep on making those small incremental changes and be the amplifier you're meant to be in the world. Thank you so much, Andrew. Appreciate you for showing up and playing full out. Awesome. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com